The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So I've been noticing lately that um, I really like to get fives. Now, I'm not sure if you know what I mean by that, but often when I deliver programs, there is an evaluation form that goes to the participants uh, at the end of their time with me, and it asks them to rank me from one to five on a number of dimensions. How uh, how well did I interact with them? How well did I know the material? What was the um, safety of the space that was created? And so on and so forth. And I like to get fives. Five is the, the kind of the top score. It means I'm doing really, really well. And I come from a long line of practitioners who traditionally get fives. And we're really rewarded for knocking it out of the park every time. Well, lately... Uh, in the last two months, I've delivered a couple of programs where I did not get fives from everybody on everything, and it was a bit crushing. I got some fours, which sometimes happens, and I even got a couple of threes. It's kind of heartbreaking on one hand to receive a score of a three when I'm used to getting the fives, but it also is thought-provoking. And it leads me into the topic for today, which is reshaping failure. So I often think that if I get a three, I failed. And I have let myself down, I've let the participants down, and I feel this terrible burst of shame in the middle of my chest at looking at the, the mark. Um, but then I read the comments, and when I read the comments, it puts a, a, a different light on it. It teaches me that there's always something to learn. Somebody asked me recently, do I think that everything happens for a reason? And my pat answer to that question would be yes. My sort of reflexive answer to that question would be yes. But I've been thinking about that and even reshaping how I think about that. I'm not sure if everything happens for a reason, quote unquote, but I am sure that there is learning to be taken out of every experience. And I'm so pleased today to be joined by two women, two local women from uh, my local area or close by my area here in Canada. And um, they also believe this, that there's learning to be taken from everything. And so I want to welcome the two Toronto co-leads for Women Reshaping the World. We're going to hear more about that too. Uh, Heather Clark and Cheryl Brookelman. Welcome. Thanks, Shemeen. Thank you, Shemeen. 
it's it's so great for us all to be together, and I want our listeners to know that um, we we know each other. We play in, <laughs> in similar spaces together, and it's great to have colleagues and friends who are in the soup of life together. Mm-hmm. Well, and thanks for having us on the show, Shamine. It's a real opportunity, and we appreciate it. Why don't we start by learning a little bit more about the two of you and specifically about women reshaping the world because I'm sure people are curious about what what this is. Sure. Um, So this is Heather. And uh, yeah, so my background is as an executive and team coach. So that's that's the world I'm coming from. And part of my mission is to create ripples in the world. So when I got involved with Women Reshaping the World, it was really about that opportunity to be part of an international team that's focused on creating a leadership shift um, that will have um, lasting impact. And so that's, that's one of my passions is, is creating shifts and, and having the opportunity to work with people to have some sort of an impact in the world. And, and what are the shifts that women reshaping the world um, envision or are hope to be a catalyst for? So one of the things that we have experienced, and, and I'm sure lots of people have experienced this not only in the corporate world but in community, is that um, when women and men are at the same table making decisions, the decisions tend to be more holistic, well-rounded. They look at the future. They look at who's going to be impacted. And so there's this sense that if women are stepping up and they're at the leadership table, that our world will actually be a better place. Um, in in the future. And one of the things that we've found, I know I've found in my coaching experience um, with women leaders is there's often not the confidence to step up and claim their space or put their voice out unless they're 100% sure of what they're talking about or that they have the skills and talents um, to do, you know, take that next step. And whereas men... Generally, if you talk to them, they only need to be 50 or 60% sure that they can do it or they know it before they'll step into things. So, um, so one of the things we really want to promote is women stepping into um, their power and, and having more of a voice and understanding that we have an obligation to help lead our world. Mm, I love that. And, you know, the other thing I'm really enjoying about the way you're framing this is it's not about one being better than the other or one more than the other. It's really about both being at the table together. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, great. Cheryl, let's hear from you. Tell us more about you and um, what attracted you to become the the other co-lead for Women Reshaping the World here in Toronto. Thanks, Shamine. Um, sure. So my name is Cheryl Brookelman, and I would say I grew up in corporate at Microsoft for the first 10 years of my professional life and then quickly moved into coaching. So um, I founded Epiphany Coaches back in 2001. Um, still absolutely love what I do. And, you know, really what that is is focused on career development and also leadership development um, globally. 
And so, you know, when, when we got the tap on the shoulder about women reshaping the world, you know, I was really excited about both the vision and the approach that, you know, women reshaping the world brought to the table because part of the work that, you know, we're already doing is working with women leaders, you know, to support them, again, as, as Heather said, to balance out the leadership table. So we've got both male and female voices um, helping make decisions and, and direct companies and, and direct the world. And so imagine women reshaping the world. You know, here's this amazing opportunity to do just that, but on a bigger scale because the organization was working out of Halifax, working out of Tampa, you know, us being the co-leads for Toronto and already having a network of 20,000 women just thought, wow, what an amazing opportunity to really scale something out that I really believe in and work with Heather, um, who is a fantastic partner to do that. Um, and on top of that, you know, bringing, bringing to women reshaping the world a real coaching approach. So, you know, partnering with them to support them around exactly what they need rather than it being um, a prescriptive leadership program. So that's what really excited me um, and, and had me sign up to Women Reshaping the World. And, and that same vision and approach still does. So there was um, there were some events or ha- what what has happened so far and what was the intention and then we'll get to the part where uh, we talk about the f- quote unquote failure mm-hmm. that the two of you uh, <laughs> came to me with as the idea for this show. So um, women reshaping the world's goal last year started and they put on a conference in Halifax, which is where the founder Barry Braun is and and his partner Linda Langley. And um, it was it was a great success and the goal was to expand. So this year the goal was to have three conferences, one in Halifax, one in Tampa and one in Toronto. The Halifax conference ran last week um, on October the 7th um, and was, was a lot of fun and a great success. The Tampa one is due on November 7th. They'll be holding their conference. And in Toronto, our goal was to put on a conference um, on the 27th of November um, to kind of kick off women reshaping the world in the Toronto area and, and launch on to further things. Do you want to talk further, share about where we went with that? Yeah, and, and maybe even just to clarify, you know, some further things, and I know we'll get into more detail later, but yeah, just as you're saying, Heather, you know, um, our, our main focus became as we as we joined Women Reshaping the World, because we jumped on board in about the May time frame was, okay, you know, let's work really hard to, you know, communicate out this great opportunity and get some sponsors and, and get some people excited to come as participants, but also, you know, be... Um, um, be storytellers at our events, be volunteers at our events, um, and just be able to experience everything that we had to offer. And then we knew coming out of that conference that we also wanted to continue this effort. I mean, if if a woman never attended a conference or did anything else with us at Women Reshaping the World, he or she could still be a part of our network and get onto our newsletter and hear these amazing stories from women that get published all of the time. You know, that help us understand that there are people out there who, you know, are doing great things and and figuring out what's meaningful to them. Um, 
And so that's sort of at the base level how you could participate with us. But when we jumped on in May, it really was around creating this one-day conference where we could, you know, share with women stories from other women, um, you know, really have them engage in some active discussions together about um, what their purpose was and, you know, maybe things that are getting in their way or, you know, what they were... um, they saw as opportunities in front of them that maybe they hadn't then actioned. And then even break out into some workshops um, that day. And then following that, we knew it's not just about a one-day conference. It's about really getting women inspired and excited about what matters to them, whether that's something, you know, in their business or perhaps it's something to do with the community or an initiative that doesn't even exist today. It's whatever matters to them, but to support them to have have a stronger voice and step up and start taking action. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, we were anticipating a whole, you know, crowd of women who hadn't at all taken any action. In fact, we thought, you know, because we were looking for really a broad spectrum of, you know, women across all sorts of um, communities and professional services and, you know, anywhere from the beginning of their career right through to to near the end of it, um, we knew women would be at different stages and we were excited about that. You know, some women who maybe really wanted to have a purpose and just hadn't quite figured out what that was and there were ways to support them or, you know, women who, in fact, knew what they wanted to do, knew what mattered to them and where they wanted to make a difference, but they didn't feel like they had the resources or maybe knew the right people to get it going. And then you've got women who have already started things, um, you know, Maybe they've started nonprofits or community efforts or, you know, risen up into positions of leadership in their companies where they were really having an impact. And for them, we knew it would be about scaling it out to some kind of legacy um, program or project for them where they could scale it out and make it even bigger and better than what they'd already created today. So, you know, it's like this initiative had a lot of breadth. And after that one-day conference, we knew we want to have offerings for those women um, to take that forward. And so, you know, the plan was always as well to have action groups um, and to have workshops that would be made available to women, um, as well as the newsletters, as I mentioned before. And so that was really our starting point, Shamin, of what this would all look like in Toronto to continue to build out this big network of women so that we had, you know, 200,000 active women engaged by 2015 out there, you know, um, forwarding their purpose, being a stronger voice and making decisions in the world and, and just having a positive impact. So, you know, what I'm loving is the enthusiasm and passion that you have for this in its entirety. And I also know where the story is going because it's so easy (laughs) to get focused on that one day, right? Right. I mean, that's the thing, that's the event that sort of um, begins it and is the catalyst for everything that comes next. So uh, before we go to our break, just just tell us briefly, so what happened? Well, you're right, Shamine. It, it was, we, we got into it for a bigger purpose. And of course, the immediate need was to work on getting this conference up and going. So Cher and I really started that effort at the beginning of June and worked really hard on gathering women and getting women interested and starting to get women's stories because the goal was 
to have women submit their stories. And out of those submissions, we were going to choose six women to actually be on stage um, and be able to tell their story, which was a really, really awesome concept. And at the same time, we needed volunteers to help plan the conference and to be at the conference. So we had started to develop this great network of women that were putting their hands up and, and jumping in and offering all sorts of support. And then to, of course, make it all happen, we needed money. So we, we spent a huge amount of time and energy um, going after some corporate sponsorship. And that's where we ran into some failure. Mm. Um, we really, we, we had great success in getting women excited about it. We had great success in getting people to stand up and uh, volunteer. And we had great success in um, actually connecting with some of the women's networks that are already happening in Toronto to get people energized and excited about what we were doing. And where we really fell short, it was in trying to get the dollars um, coming in um, to actually put on the event. As uh, as someone who has um, many times over the years attempted to to create some public. Uh, gatherings of various sorts, although nothing as large as as what you describe, I my heart goes out to you. It's um, funding is so important, so crucial, and often so challenging. We're about to head into a break, but when we come back, I really want to delve into this um, quote unquote failure and uh, see what we can learn about it uh, so that all of us um, can take away something that will be helpful because I'm sure you're not the only ones who have had that experience. So this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership and we're talking about reshaping failure from wasted effort to useful gift. And I'm joined by Heather Clark and Cheryl Brookelman, the two Toronto co-leads for Women Reshaping the World. We'll be right back after this break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. You're listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and I'm joined today by Heather Clark and Cheryl Brookleman, the two Toronto co-leads for Women Reshaping the World. And we're talking today about failure. Now, before we jump back into the topic and the story that Cheryl and Heather were sharing with us, I want to talk to you for a moment about some upcoming events. Uh, if you are in the Chicago area, please join us on November 3rd for Power Circles. This is Anjali Leadership's um, new program, not that new, actually. It's been running for a number of years under a previous name called Deeper Conversations, but uh, we've, re- we've reshaped and renamed and re-imaged it to be a power circle, and it's really an event that will be most of interest to people who are in the human development field. If you work with other humans in any capacity to help them grow and develop, you will enjoy this day because it is really a pause for you to do the same work with yourself. So if you're interested in joining, it's a one-day event. It's happening in downtown Chicago on Monday, November 3rd. The price is $349, and you can register at my website, AnjaliLeadership.com. Right on the front page, there's a, a link to register and to learn more as well. While we're on the topic of upcoming events, if you live in Toronto, there are two things I want you to know about. Um, If you are a member of the Leadership Circle community, we're having a free lunch and learn here on Tuesday, November the 18th. Now, this is very exciting because many of you, I know many of you who are listening are part of this community. Many of you have been hounding me uh, over the last months to say, when are we going to gather as a community? And the answer is, on Tuesday, November 18th, we will. It's it's a free event, and I'm going to be joined by Mike O'Connor from the Leadership Circle, and he and I are co-hosting this. It's going to begin at noon at the Pantages Hotel, Toronto Centre, so that's uh, that's uh, right downtown, and I'm, I think it's a beautiful facility, although I haven't been there in recent years. If you'd like to join us, please give Mike a call at 704 704- 231-7805 to RSVP. You must RSVP so that we can order enough food for everybody, okay? So we'll see you there. And finally, for executive coaches and HR and OD and L&D professionals, if you're interested in becoming certified to use the Leadership Circle instruments, um, we have a certification coming up in Toronto that same week, November 19th to the 21st. I'll be teaching and there's still time and space in in, in that course. So go to theleadershipcircle.com and register there if that's something that interests you. Okay, enough of the uh, the upcoming events. 
Let's get back to the story. So Cheryl and Heather were telling uh, us about how they were gathering these stories of women who were uh, on purpose or wanting to find their purpose or who had found their purpose and were expanding it. You did a great job of getting some stories. You did a great job of finding many, many um, energized volunteers. But where things began to fall apart was on the corporate sponsorship front. Tell us a little bit more about what um, what happened on that particular front and then let's talk about why you felt it was a failure um, and then we'll and then we'll take the learning out of it sure so maybe just expand a little bit on what Heather was talking about you know um, like she said so many great things happening but you know sponsorship was critical that that's what was going to make it possible to actually run the event um, I mentioned before that we wanted this event to be you know accessible to all women at different stages in their life and their careers and that also meant we wanted a price point that was really accessible um, you know people coming from different sectors um, you know younger people in their careers whoever it may be just to be at a price point that allowed everybody to be able to come to the conference if they wanted to. And so part of the strategy was that we needed not only the ticket sales, but we definitely needed some corporate sponsors to be able to host this event that we had planned on November 27th at the Allstream Center. And so, you know, we we certainly had a plan, you know, we targeted companies that were either female championed or, you know, companies that... Um, were affiliated with, you know, wanting to support women's leadership, certainly our personal contacts. It was a very thoughtful plan, you know, very thoughtful approach. We went out week after week. We were, you know, having meetings, having great telephone conversations, had some great marketing materials along with that. And, you know, we'd be able to generate excitement, you know, almost in every company that we went to, and it would be taken away, and and people would think about it at the end of the day we kept getting back um i I don't know maybe maybe it was you know it's it's hard for us to exactly pinpoint you know what what exactly did we do wrong or what exactly wasn't compelling but i think you know after after our debrief and discussions you know one of the things that we realized was it's a first-time event. This has never been tried before in Toronto. So we're asking, you know, companies to step in with something that's really unknown and untested. And so they were willing to send some delegates. They were very excited about what we were doing. Um, in some cases, we were even, because the conference is in November and we were already talking to them across the summertime, you know, their funds had been allocated already. So either there weren't budgets or, you know, they wanted to dip their toes in but not jump in with both feet yet. And so, you know, not to say we didn't get any sponsorships. We, in fact, did. Um, but at the end of the day, when we looked at what it would take to make the event successful, we just you know, we're not able to um, to get enough people on board fast enough for us to feel really confident that the event was going to be successful and that we'd be able to host it in the, in the way that we would. Um, you know, another thing that I think I'd call out is, you know, we talked, um, Heather and I, about our messaging. And, you know, maybe that was an area that if we had something more specific and if we had been able to maybe choose a different angle, that perhaps the message wasn't strong enough and compelling to get people to dive in. 
Um, but that's a little more on the specifics. Heather, anything else that maybe I didn't mention that's important? Yeah, and a piece of it also was um, going back to Cher's point of the fact that it was something new, it was a first-time conference. Also, what we purposefully chose not to do was to have any big names there. Um, so we really wanted it to be a conference for women with women speaking that, you know, everybody could relate to. So that was another purposeful thing we decided was to not have a celebrity or not have a big name speaker. And again, you know, was that a factor in not getting companies to kind of jump on board with having a well-known um, speaker there that they could put their brand behind. So these were all things that, you know, we we did a lot of stuff very purposefully and, um, and at the same time really struggled to um, get that commitment from, from the companies that we were approaching. It uh, reminds me of the the dynamic that young people who are going to get their first job often experiences. You know, they have interviews, they have these great conversations with, with the hiring people, but ultimately they haven't got enough experience yet. Mm. And so they have trouble finding a job. And it, it feels like there's that sort of dynamic here. You know, this is a, a new thing. This is, um, it is new. It's very broad. It's a little um, unspecific in the sense that women mm-hmm. is a very broad, you know, group of, of a, a very broad demographic, about 50% of the population, I'm guessing. <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> um, um, uh, so, um, that my, yeah, so I, I feel for you. I feel for you in the, in the frustration and the, um, the, there's a, there's a bit of a helpless feeling that I get when you say that, you know, that they thought it was a great idea, but you need to do it first for someone to jump on board or, or have mm. a big name associated with it. And yet I totally appreciate the intention which was this is about regular everyday people this is not Mm -hmm. only about celebrities and and those special ones who you know do something great it's about everyone um anyone having a great story and a great um purpose and a great uh contribution that they're making even though it may not make the cover of time magazine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know, and another thing that, that I think contributed and was learning for us too, Shameen, is we approach some companies and it's just, it's, it's not something they do anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you make these assumptions about the models that will work. And there are a lot of companies who it's against corporate policy. It's just not how they allocate their dollars. It's just not how they promote their companies. We had one company who was actually willing to do a whole bunch of things with us, but we couldn't tell anybody and even put their name up. <laughs> wow. And that's wow. just how they operate. Right. Um, and, and that's a big, big name. Um, so just, yeah, very interesting and, and a lot of different reasons why, yeah, we just weren't able to secure what we needed to secure. But I thought I'd mention that because that was, I know, you know, something that um, was definitely new for me to understand. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you weren't expecting that. No. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit now about the failure part, because I was in, I was in conversation with you, Heather, about this, um, both before this point and right around this point where you realized that you were going to um, change your plans. Tell us more about that particular moment where you realized, okay, this isn't working, and then talk about what you decided to do. Okay. 
So, you know, I love what you said at the beginning of the show, Shameen, about, you know, that, that sense of shame around failure and how you could feel it in your chest. And uh, so, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Cheryl, but I think for me, that point of of failure came after yet another, you know, great meeting in in Toronto with with a sponsor who had come through with some some very generous um, in-kind sponsorship for us. And at the same time, we were hoping for some dollars. And so we were heading back on the GO train back to Hamilton and just really that sense of defeat and knowing that we needed to make some decisions fairly quickly around how long we wait um, to make the decision about whether or not to cancel the conference. And um, and so Sharon and I, we were sitting across from each other on the GO train and so we just started to talk about um, you know, how we were feeling and, and that sense of frustration and that sense that, you know, we, we, we did everything that we felt we could possibly do. And what was really important to us about women reshaping the world? And as we started to go through some of, um, some of our feelings of defeat and, and some of the, the reasons why we started, we really started to reconnect on why we were doing this and what we were in this for and, and going back to that concept that for us, it was always more than a one-day conference. It was always about um, more than that. It was about touching women in different ways. It was about promoting leadership. It was about helping women to have a voice. It was about a more long-term commitment to to this cause than just a one-day conference. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So there was that combination, or it's almost like um, if I was to characterize the sequence of events, the meeting, the sponsorship, but not, not enough or not, not what you were needing, um, though very generous, then the feeling of defeat and frustration that led you into this conversation about vision and purpose. Mm-hmm. Why did we get in, into this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Cheryl, what do you remember about that moment? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm on the train as Heather's telling the story. I'm back on the train. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, what what made that train ride so important and that day so important was that, you know, Heather and I had, you know, some real markers and time frames that we had set to make sure that, you know, we'd achieved certain targets. And so on that day, that was a big day. That was kind of the, the make or break. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, what what Heather's describing about just being able to have an open conversation and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling about it. And then to really analyze the situation, you know, step back and and try and be objective as possible and say, like, you know, is it something we're failing to do? Is it something, you know, we're, we're not delivering on? Is there another approach we can take? And so there's also this, you know, um, analyzing, is there something more that we could do right now? And realizing we didn't think there was. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, it felt, I, I'm going to say, you know, believe me, all of the feelings of, gosh, 
I don't want this to fail. We worked so hard and really gave a summer to it. You know, um, we would have taken more vacation. It would have been, you know, kind of the down cycle for us, you know, with all of the other things we have in the year. But we were really excited and, and had committed so much time and energy and talked to so many people and got so many people on board. We, we didn't want it to fail, but to be able to say, hey, we're not where we need to be. You know, what else do we need to do to, you know, maybe make this a success and realizing we didn't, we just, we were feeling like also, you know, you know that feeling you get when you're in flow, when things are just ticking and they're working. And, you, you know, that was a reflection point for us, too. It's like, hmm, you know, we keep hitting this wall. We need to stop and think about this. And, and we're kind of getting out of flow in terms of this conference piece. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just about the conference. And so, you know, I guess what I'm adding into what Heather said is that, you know, it was an interesting conversation to be able to sit back and analyze what more we could do and realize that, in fact, it just wasn't a good fit right now. And that, you know, to be able to have that that mature conversation and maybe be at a point in our lives where, you know, I know for so long I was so motivated by doing 110%, you know, going the extra mile, you know, persevering on any kind of goal to achieve it, you know, doing whatever was possible. Like that felt always, you know, the right way to approach things. Like basically do anything at any cost to be successful on something. And instead, you know, we we were thoughtful and reflective about what else we could do. And I think, you know, we're able to bring some more balance to, you know, the goal we were trying to achieve and, and to ourselves. And, you know, sometimes it is actually more important to say, I think we need to stop and that this isn't in flow and that maybe set some, you know, parameters here where if we, if we can't get to a certain level by a certain time frame, we, we need to stop and pivot and that that's okay. So I know working with Heather, you know, a big part of being able to, you know, say we're going to fail on this one and we feel good about it was, you know, being able to be open with each other, be mm-hmm. able to be thoughtful, be both willing to, you know, do something different if that's what was required or, you know, the permission to be able to say, I, I think we're done. You know, I think we need to pivot somewhere else. It's uh, I'm ha- I'm having a basketball moment because you said stop and pivot and uh, my my older my older son just joined a rep team and so I've been going to the practices and watching and one of the things I'm noticing is that and I wonder if this is something we can we can hold as a metaphor as we go into the break is there's always a hero on every team there's there's a mm. there's a kid who's like the one who's going to save the day who will get that ball and take it and take it all the way up and that is like it's beautiful to watch and it's sort of spectacular to watch. Watch, but it's not good teamwork. It's it's mm-hmm. not actually very effective. And I've noticed that the coaches don't really care about that, but the kids really do. But what the coaches would prefer is that the player actually stops and pivots and looks for who else is there to pass the ball to. Yeah. And it might take longer to get to the basket and they may not even make the basket uh, it wouldn't, may not be as sure a thing as if that one kid just took it up himself, him or herself. Um, but there's something of value that they are valuing, I'm noticing, in the coaches about building a team about mm. stopping 
pivoting, looking around and passing it and sometimes passing it backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, in, all in service of the bigger, the bigger purpose. So let's leave that with our listeners over the break and we'll be back in a few moments. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shameen an email. Her email address is Shameen at AnjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. This is Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Before we jump back into our final segment of this conversation about reshaping failure, I want to take a moment to acknowledge my sponsors. So we were just talking about um, uh, the challenges of finding sponsorship, and uh, it's a challenge for me on Stories from the Heart of Leadership, too. I think uh, corporations are being uh, very, very thoughtful about how they spend their their sponsorship dollars and um, uh, and. And so it's a challenge that we all face. Uh, But I do feel very blessed to have two wonderful sponsors, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden. Uh, Jim handed me a check the last time I was uh, in person with him a few weeks ago in Denver and said, here, Dan and I are so thrilled to continue to support the vision of Stories from the Heart of Leadership. And, you know, that vision is really to let to, to have people know that they're not the only ones, which is why this topic of failure is so meaningful for me. Um, it's so easy to project, to look at someone who seems on the outside to be fairly successful or have it all together or be very competent and to project onto them that they're perfect, that they never make a mistake, that everybody loves them. And that's just not the truth. It's just not. And there's always going to be um, a challenge. There's always going to be some failure. There's always going to be someone, in my case, I love being loved. I love it when people, I told you, when they give me the five, 
fives, I'm so happy. When they give me a four, I'm not. And when I get a three, it's devastating. Um, and yet, the truth is, not everyone is going to love everything that I say or do. And at the end of the day, what I continue to work on is coming back home to a belief in myself that says I'm enough even if they don't like me. I'm enough even if their opinion is that I'm wrong. I'm enough even if they give me a four. And uh, it sounds so easy on the surface, I'm enough, but uh, it's lifelong work, I'm here to tell you. And and Cheryl and Heather, I know that, that you, you face this too. Talk a little bit more about those feelings that, that when, you, when you realized, okay, we're not going to be able to do the conference or we're choosing that, that, that this, is, this is the cutoff now. Tell us what you were feeling at that time and how you dealt with that. So I love how you uh, speak to beliefs, Shemaine, because, um, you know, we receive messages all our life about whether or not failure is okay. Mm-hmm. Right, and and so every one of us has an inherent belief about whether or not it's okay to fail. And um, I had the great fortune, actually, in the summertime of of attending a fabulous conference in Toronto. So I'll give a shout out to Ashley Good and her team at Fail Forward. And and the whole conference was a, around intelligent failure and, and around the concept that, you know, failure shouldn't be something to be ashamed of and, and how can we use failure and how can we um, grow from actually sharing failure um, with others. And at the time that I signed up for the conference, I'm like, this should be good because no, failure is it's not okay to get less than a five, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so as, and I mean, so for I know for myself and working with Cher has has been amazing and and part of the reason I jumped into um, this this whole um, realm of of the business is is number one an opportunity to collaborate with somebody that I have known for for a long time and and have collaborated on different levels and at the same time you know I was scared. I was scared jumping into it because my thought was, if we fail, it's going to be a really public failure. Mm. We're going to have promoted this conference, and if we can't pull it off, um, it's not just a little failure that not too many people know about it. It's a very big failure. Um, So it it was scary even entering into um, looking at putting on a conference. Mm-hmm. Cheryl, you wanted to talk more about the, the coming out um, when you actually did <laughs> make the decision and, and what that was like. Tell us more. Yeah, you know, similarly, um, you know, some, some of the other feelings that were, and then things I was considering too were, you know, geez, I've, I've committed, right? I've committed to Heather. I've committed to the rest of the crew at Women Reshaping the World, um, you know, and so I've committed that I'm going to make this successful. Like, how can I let those people down? And what about all the women that have already signed up for the conference or all the women who are volunteering in so many different ways or who spent time to craft out their stories and submit them? Um, and so it was a big piece about, you know, feeling really guilty that I was going to let people down on top of, you know, feeling embarrassed that it, it hadn't, you know, that we were going to make the decision not to proceed with the one-day conference. And, you know, all of those things, you know, you think about your credibility, and, and I certainly, you know, it's, it's, it's I guess, you're, you, 
you don't ever want to be perceived as someone that you don't think you are. So, you know, I definitely, if I, I'm, I'm a responsible person, if I commit to something, I'm going to follow through. And so it's a big deal to think about all of those things, all of those considerations. Um, and yet it was interesting, you know, when we did make the choice to decide, no, we need to, um, we need to cancel because another, another option was to postpone it, but we did choose to cancel it. And there were still things moving forward we'll tell you about, but when we did make that decision, um, you know, the, the truth about it is, and we were crafting the messages and starting to talk to people about it, the truth of it all was that it really was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, instead of feeling like I did at first that, boy, I'm not going to seem credible, it, it actually was easy it was easy to start telling the message once we'd made Mm. the decision because, you know, it was the right thing to do. It was, we were being mature, we were being thoughtful, we were being professional. And in fact, it took a lot of guts and a lot of confidence to actually say we're stopping and this is why. So in the end, I, I don't, maybe it didn't build more credibility, but I certainly don't think that it shrunk it. And I think that we did the, did the right thing. And, you know, another beautiful outcome was the women that we have been working with, um, very understanding and certainly want to continue to work with us in a way that makes sense moving forward. So there really wasn't any, uh, any loss in the ways, mm-hmm. in those ways that I've just described to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, what you're talking about is a process that anyone who has ever failed or been disappointed or had something not work out um, uh, inevitably goes through, but we're, we're kind of being explicit about it. I mean, there is this initial feeling of shame where your beliefs about your value as a, as a leader, your value as a, as a woman, your value as a human being, and, and any other role that you uh, identify as holding membership in gets challenged. And the the remembering is, or the, the process is to remember, actually, my value isn't tied up in my accomplishments. My mm-hmm. value isn't tied up in whether this happens or not. Um, and then I'm loving that you that you talked about the guts because the word courageous has been coming up for me since you both started talking about this. I mean, how courageous to be able to, and Heather, you know, as you said, this is not a small thing. This is big. You've <laughs> spoken to many, many people, and the conference is, is bigger than just happening here in Toronto, to have the courage to say, actually, no, we're, we're not going forward with this, uh, just feels huge and is such a reflection of the way in which you were able to work with those beliefs to, to not let them take over. The, the belief that, oh, I failed and now I'm a failure, or this hasn't happened and it means I have no value. Um, that's, that's what I'm marveling at here. Well, and, and to Cher's point about, you know, get, getting to the point of making a decision, and, and I know in other areas of my life I've certainly experienced this where, you, you know, some of us are raised to push forward no matter what, right? And, and that quitting is not an option. And, um, and actually what we chose to do was pivot. 
you know, and, and to, and to change directions and to look at what was in front of us and the feedback we were getting. And the more we kind of shared our failure, which is hard to do, um, the more we opened up the opportunity for people to share with us and to give us some perspective and to, and to give us some support around, hey, that, that didn't work this time you know, here's some information or here's some opportunity on how you might still go forward and do, you know, what you want to do. I have two two last things that I want uh, to ask you both before we close, and we are coming to the end of the show uh, in a, in a few minutes, in a couple of minutes, actually. So, so here we go. Um, first is I want to know what are you doing? What is going forward? Because you re- reminded us that you kept your eye on the bigger picture here, and that was part of your process as well. Was to ask yourselves why are why why did we come into this in the first place? What was the bigger vision that we held for ourselves beyond just the one day conference. So I want to know what, what is still happening, what's still in play. And then last, I'd like to close with what, what's your advice for anybody who's listening, who's saying, uh, geez, you know, they they really have it together. They were able to work themselves, themselves through, but I'm not sure if I'd be able to deal with that. Um, so think about that as you're telling us um, what's, what's in store. Do you want to talk about action group share? Sure. And so um, what's moving forward? Um, So women reshaping the world um, in Toronto, I'll speak to that because it is moving ahead um, in different ways as well in Halifax and in Tampa. Um, Any woman anywhere and man for that matter um, that wants to be a part of this initiative and stay in tune and maybe hear from other women, like I mentioned before, can sign up for our news, for our newsletter, stay in touch with us you know, through social media because it's very active. Um, And you'll be hearing from women who are doing marvelous things all of the time. And then in the Toronto market, what Heather and I are focused on, we will be bringing six action groups to the Toronto area. Face-to-face or virtual, we're going to see what the appetite is. And when we say action group, what that really means is, you know, 10 to 15 women per group that are there because they want to take action on their purpose. And so imagine that they will meet across the year about 10 times is what we're projecting. We've got, you know, content that's already built out and, and a format. Imagine getting together with 10 or 15 women, the same women, you know, every month. Um, there's a very particular topic. It's facilitated um, by us or another professional coach. And it's an opportunity to, you know, work through that particular topic. Like maybe we're talking about confidence and learn a little bit maybe get a little bit of a teach on it, understand where we're all at with confidence, have a roundtable to talk about any, you know, particular situation that we're working through um, and and do that every time that we come together. So not only do you get to, you know, learn from others, um, learn from the content that the coach brings, um, but certainly also share your perspective and ideas. So it's an exchange, right? You're building community, but you're also making, well, increasing your own accountability and, and making your purpose a reality. By signing up to these groups, if it's something you really want to do, you know that once a month there's a place where you're going to be able to come, 
You're going to be talking about what you've done in the past month. And so it's like a, a built-in forcing function for taking things forward. So that at the end of the day, at the end of the year, you'll have a strong supportive network, but also you will have forwarded yourself. You'll have your own roadmap and you will, will have moved ahead. So that's definitely something that we want to do. In fact, if anybody's interested in signing up for action groups or learning more, you can go on womenreshapingtheworld.com now and even sign up and peek around for more details on the website. Um, and then beyond that, we're going to have some deep dive workshops on topics that we know people may want to go a little deeper on. That's so fantastic. we're excited to bring those things out between now through till the end of June. That's wonderful. So womenreshapingtheworld.com is where they need to go to learn more about yes. all of this. Okay. And then Heather, last word from you. What's your advice? What's my advice? Um, you know, I think one of the things that was um, helpful through this process is, number one, talking about it. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to share. Um, don't be afraid to share your failure. That was really, um, you know, what helped me move through this quickly is having the opportunity with my partner, Cheryl, to share it, but also sharing it with other people and realizing that that's not as scary as it sounds at first. And, you know, nine times out of 10, those other people are going to be supportive and helpful and maybe offer you up some perspective that you hadn't thought of before that can help you as you move forward. That's wonderful. I thank you both so much for sharing here, here uh, live on internet radio with me and all of the listeners to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. What a pleasure it's been to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks a lot, Shamine, for having us. And it was, it was really great to, um, to be able to share and, and to be able to part, be part of your purpose. <laughs> yeah, you. definitely. Thanks, Shamine. I think uh, it's just an amazing opportunity to be able to share with people that, you know, as much as we shy away from failure and that's not what we're looking for, you know, the things that we think are failure, in fact, um, yeah, it just means we need to move to something else that's working. So that's thanks great. for giving us the opportunity to to talk about this with everybody and hopefully, um, yeah, we'll support some other people who are going through something similar. Thanks so much. And listeners, I will talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Oh, 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 oh,